1: Sport city, sport city, shep, shep. Chef. Sport city, sport city, shep, shep. Chef. Sport city, sport city, shep, shep. Chef. Sport city, sport city, Yes, We got a brand new present. Joe Biden, we riding. I pray you have haven't sent. Word from the wise, my people stay ahead. Of. Come on. I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it. Case goes from cold to hot. state Boom, Sports City chefs is in the room Cooking up hot topics to put up on your the spoon They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June, Superman verse and it's doom, the clouds loom, to so tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports.
3: The kid. Uh. Yes,
4: yes, yes, what's going on, Sports City? It's your boy Sirius back at the helm with the playoff edition of the NSO Free for All right here on Sports City chef the network at SportsCityShuts.com. But before I even get started this evening, I gotta play my theme music. Come on, freeway, talk to the world. Let me, let, me, let me stop the track right here before I start freestyling and take up the whole show You guys know I don't do this by myself, man I got my co-host with me, Buried the Villain Jordan What's going on, my guy? How we doing this evening?
3: Villain, I'm in the house, man I'm, You just played my theme music, it's my time My team is doing some stuff right now I don't know why, you gotta have the theme music popping off What's going on, sir? It's good to hear you, how you just feeling, my brother?
4: You know, man, I'm good, man. I'm good, man. Here's the thing, bro. Like, we got a lot to talk about. Um, honestly, your New York Giants' that day thing, and I'm I'm let you talk about that for a minute. But my man, talk to me about the special guest that we got in the building this evening. Go ahead and give me uh, a little intro to what we got going on this evening.
3: So obviously, it's a big time in New York Giants uh Laura, right now, we're, we're doing big things. And we are privileged to have a uh, guest host uh, that, that we connected with to, to come in. She's the host of her own podcast, Everything uh, New York Giants. Uh, she's a she's a new friend of the program, and guest chef. We got her apron. We got it fitted on right. We got the NY on the front, so you can see. She's she repping that NY giant hard right now. Adriana Iafola, what's going on? Bring her in right now. Uh, Adriana, what's going on?
0: Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. And, you know, I am just, I'm great. The Giants won a playoff game for the first time in 11 years. Uh, we, oh, think we got our franchise quarterback. We got our star running back. And, you know, I got no complaints. Except that the Cowboys won last night. Would have liked to see them lose. But, you know, beggars can't be choosers,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, very well, man, I love very well.
4: It. Very well, very well. But actually, Adriana, I want to actually start right where you just landed right there. You mentioned your franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones. Now, but for those of you people who haven't been paying attention to what me and Bill have been talking about all year, we have pretty much flipped back and forth um, about the, the the service of Daniel Jones. What is your opinion on what he's done this year? And do you honestly, realistically, think that he's a long-term solution? Keep in mind, you do have Brian Dable there um, as the head coach. So maybe it was a coaching thing, but give me your position on
3: Daniel Jones' request.
0: So this is, uh, I would say up until this week, this topic has probably been the most controversial topic for Giants (laughs) fans everywhere. And I see both sides of it. I fully understand where both people were coming from, but I think if you were not sold on Daniel Jones, you can't walk out of the game on Sunday and, and think he's not at least due for a couple years to be signed on. You don't have to think he's the franchise quarterback. That's fine. But I think he proved to everyone on Sunday that he can win games for us. And I, you know, I was not his biggest fan when they drafted him. I was not super pumped about it. And obviously the way the last couple of years have gone, you know, I didn't love it. But I did feel like with this whole new coaching staff, you know, bringing in someone like Mike Kafka and Brian Zabel who are – Genius, offensive minds. I felt like it was worth giving him a shot this year. Let's see what he can do. You know, he's not working with a lot, but I'm really impressed with him, and I think that he deserves to be the quarterback for the New York Giants for, you know, the next five to ten years. I think the fact that he has been able to, I know, controversial, but I just think that this is the beginning for him. You know, you look at what he's done the first three years with the Giants compared to what he's done this year in such a short amount of time, he has drastically improved across the board. His turnovers are better, whether it's stumbles or interceptions. He's only got, I think, five this entire year. He's thrown for over 300 passing yards multiple times this year. He has five game-winning drives. He is the reason why we have five more wins than we did if, Someone else, Tyrod Taylor, was our quarterback. And he can keep up with the best of them. I know Minnesota's defense is not that good, but our offense has not looked like that in years. And our offense, yeah, some yeah. of the, the people on the offense are practice squad players. Like, you got really seriously. Much. Yes who would not even be a number one on another team, Isaiah Hodgins gets released from the Bills after three games with them, and I think he had two targets or something. He comes to them. He's a number one. He's got, I think, five touchdowns in five games, maybe. He just has been so impressive. Richie James has really stepped up. Darius Slayton is Darius Slayton. You know, he does great things. He does some not great things, but I feel like... Daniel Jones is a good quarterback who has elevated the play of people around him. And that has been one of the biggest topics from people who are anti-Daniel Jones is he doesn't make the players around him better. And when you've seen what he's done in these last few weeks, that is a false statement. I mean, Richie, like Richie James is a perfect example. He was not yeah. a great wide receiver. And and look at what he's done this year. I mean, he's got a couple touchdowns. He's become a really good target for him. He's been pretty consistent. I just think that the the sky for Daniel Jones is a lot higher when he is going to have more talent brought in. I mean, look at what he's done with these people. Imagine, now I don't think they're going to bring in someone like DeAndre Hopkins, but could you imagine him with someone like DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, the sky's the limit.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, wow. I totally agree with you, Adriana. Um, you know, just how they handled him this year, um, getting reports and, and stories about how Dable basically um, in practice in the preseason gave Wink Martindale all the plays Daniel Jones was going to run to purposely put adversity in his face and how he responded to that. Because I we were on this show throughout the year every every Tuesday, and I said it to serious. I said, you know, what I've seen in preseason and what I've seen on, on, you know, table, what have you, he didn't look very good. And I was like, I, I don't yep. I don't believe in this guy. And I said it right there I, I don't believe in him. He looks horrible. Tyrod needs to be the star. Blah, blah, blah. But come to find out that was Dable testing this kid, and he passed with flying colors. And not only that, you know, handing that adversity, but Tyrod Taylor, you know, they purposely gave Wink Martindale the wrong place and, and had Tyrod Taylor succeed so that it was, like, really testing this kid and testing his metal, and he passed with flying colors. And in that first game against the Titans, when he threw that, that boneheaded pick in the end zone, oh. and Dable got in his face and and just really reamed him, like, you can't do that. And, and I think it was just a, such a switch from, you know, the way he was coached before until now, something clicked in him. And ever since that point, he's been rock steady. And, you know, early in the season, Adriana, we, we said, you, you don't pick up the option. You make him earn it. And if he earns it and, and plays lights out, that's a good problem to have. Now we're at that right. point. It's a good problem to have. Now you you, you might have found your guy. I don't mind giving him, you know, four, four or five years, $160 million because, you know, the going rate could be $50 million, You know, the rate keeps going up. you got to sign him now. But you're signing your franchise guy, and that's exactly what you want to be at this point. So, um, but you, listen, I, we could talk about this all day. I definitely want to get into, you know, some of the, the specifics on the game, how you know the seasons turned out, what have you. But Adrian, I want to give you, you know, a couple minutes just to, you know, tell us about yourself, tell us about your show, which how you've been, how you got started, how you, you got into this, and then we can get rocking into some Giants and some more football talk.
0: Okay, awesome. So I have been a Giants fan my whole life and it's so funny that I am surprised that that is the question I get asked the most is how did I become <laughs> a Giants fan. So I grew up in Northern New Jersey, and my grandfather was a season ticket holder at Giants Stadium. So him and my uncle used to go to all of the home games. Um, they won tickets in the lottery in 1986 when they went to the Super Bowl. My uncle went out to Pasadena and went to the game. So I have three brothers that have been surrounded by sports and football and everything my whole life, and everyone in my family is a Giants fan. So it really is just something that has been Part of me since probably before I was born, um, which, listen, I, I thank my grandfather. He's passed on now, but I thank him and my mom and my uncle all the time because where I grew up, it was either Giants or Jets. So thank God yeah. I was not a Jets fan. <laughs> Good. <laughs> could have been a lot worse. So I'll take the struggles right. that the Giants have had. At least we've won a couple of Super Bowls, so it could be worse. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But... So I grew up in Jersey, and my husband is actually a Pats fan. He's from Massachusetts. So we moved to Connecticut about – yes. Now, the best news for us is that we were not together during either of the Super Bowls. I was in Connecticut.
3: Oh, okay. So I'm in Shelton. Oh, so you're super close. Yeah, super close. I'm right up the road.
0: We love it. So we moved here about two years ago. I work from home, and he works in sales, and his territory is all of Connecticut. So we ended up in Fairfield, which also worked out best for me because we get all of the Giants games on the local channel. And you get the Pats games
3: on the local channel, too. So it's, you know, no complaints, right? No complaints.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So we moved during COVID, and – um, you know, I've always been a big Giants fan. We were living in Massachusetts for a while and every Sunday I was at a bar suffering through the worst football games imaginable in my Giants gear, just like embarrassed to be there, but also I couldn't bring myself to stay home and not watch the game. I just I had to see it for my own eyes what was going to happen. So when we moved here, I wanted a way to try and connect with people locally and to just connect with other Giants fans because, you know, I'm in a new area. I don't really know anyone. I have a lot of girlfriends, and none of them just really care about sports or the Giants like I do, and with everything going on, with all the coaching changes and everything, I was like, I need to talk to someone about this. Like, I can only, you know, talk to my husband for so long before he tunes it out and has no (laughs) idea what I'm talking about. So (laughs) I ended up creating this Instagram and TikTok, and it's called New York Giants Fangirl, and I just – was like, you know, let me see who's out there. It'll be fun to just connect with other Giants fans and and talk to them and whatnot. And it's been amazing. I've been able to, you know, connect with other fans who live in the tri-state area. I have met someone who lives in North Dakota. I know people who are overseas who are Giants fans. And it just, you know, especially now, it's a really great time, obviously, because they're winning and they're doing well. But I think regardless of what happens, we all share the same connection and obsessive fandom for the Giants. And we're all kind of on the same level. You know what I mean? So it's just – it's been really fun. So I do a bunch of reels and videos on TikToks where – I I ideally want it to be a source for people so if they're, you know, at work and they're not caught up on the injury report or contract negotiations or the draft. And, you know, a big thing that I did during the draft was videos with the guys that we picked because, you know, especially someone like Wondell Robinson, he was not on anyone's radar. I didn't really know that much about him. So I started doing a lot of research into these players and, you know, made these videos and stuff in hopes that the fans who, you know, were upset about a pick like Mondale Robinson or something like that, that maybe after hearing more information about him, they were excited that, okay, now we're going right. to have this weapon for Jones finally to help him out. So it's right. been really fun. It's, it's evolved a little bit where I started doing a podcast too because I, I was realizing that 90 seconds on Instagram is not enough for me to get out everything that I would like to talk about. So <laughs> I record a podcast once a week, usually on Mondays after the game. And I just recap the game and go, you know, into more in-depth and stuff like that. So it's been really fun, and Giants fans are the best.
3: That's awesome. I love it. I love it. You know what? I actually disagree with that.
4: Giants fans are not the best,
3: but, you know, (laughs)
4: since since you're our guests and whatnot, you know, I'm going to let you have your moment. But um, that's honestly great on me. Honestly, it's amazing what social media and networking – um, has been able to, you know, give people who may not have been able to, you know, go places before. I know in 2020, like everybody else, he's just trying to figure things out, and um, that's when a lot of people discovered TikTok and and mm-hmm. the creative side of things. Um, so, I mean, hats off to you, man. If you're not already following her, definitely jump on her social media platforms and give her a follow. Um, you know, she's a Giants fan, but she seems like she's pretty. She, she she's pretty funny, so and I, and I got to deal with Barry, so it, it is what it is. But um Adriana Villan, Adriano villain I, I I wanted to you know just kind of land right there, um, in the middlelands, in the middlelands, if you will, talking about the game that was the the Minnesota Vikings and the New York Giants, where the Giants uh, emerged victorious. Um, Adriano, we we what I like to do here is um. I have to break things down in, into categories and kind of compartmentalize things. Um, so um, when I do my, uh, my, my my Steelers recap, I go over the good, the bad, and the ugly, if you will. So for you two um, this evening, I kind of wanted you guys to fall within that kind of categorization of your thoughts as you talk about this New York Giants game, as you guys see it as Giants fans. So, Don, I- I'm going to come to you first. Um, sure. if you can pinpoint something good, um, that you saw, you could it could be Dan Jones, it could be um, Saquon Barkley, you know, it, it could be the defense or whatever the case may be. If you can narrow it down to to one or two different things, what would you categorize it as good that that took place for your New York Giants this weekend?
3: I mean, there's a lot of good to go around but I'm gonna lean in on the two uh coordinators, uh Mike Kafka and Wake Martindale. Um, brilliant game plan that they came in with, definitely coming off the that loss, that heartbreaker a couple of weeks ago in Minnesota. Kafka uh really found a way to get um Daniel Jones in the right position. He found a way to get Saquon the ball. Not you know, it's it's refreshing because, you know, you saw a lot last year where you know, the offense would hand the ball off to, to Saquon and watch him run into a, a wall and, and gain maybe one yard or, or lose a, a couple yards in the backfield, right? So, um, you know, getting him out in the, in the flat with uh, drag routes across to get him open in space, um, you know, really using matchup personnel with tight ends and, and, and having Matt Breida in the, in the game in the, in the slot, uh, that, that run that he had, that, that three-yard run, was probably one of the best runs of the game. Uh, by any running back, right, to get that first down. So just using his personnel and using these guys in such a brilliant way, but then Wake Martindale coming back off of that game and and really playing too high safety uh, with his quarters defense, right, having a couple of safeties, nickels and and corners in there and not allowing them to to really run wild. Jefferson only – he didn't crack, you know, 100 yards. He was – Mostly contained. He, he went off on the first drive after that. All right, we're done. We're going to double him. We're going to force the tight end to beat us. It was it, it was TJ that was really catching over the middle. But other than that, nobody got free, had long, long runs after the catch. They kept everything in front. Um, and, and then the defensive line took over, right? So, you know, it was a great game plan by Wink Martindale. He didn't stray from it. He didn't change, especially on that last drive. It was, it was just a brilliant game plan by those two guys.
4: I mean, I can I can honestly somewhat agree with you to a certain extent. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say my thoughts about this particular situation last, but Adriana, I wanted to turn it over to you, ma'am. Again, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, You heard what Dylan said was his uh, nominee for what was good, Um, besides the score. Uh, what was your, you know, categorize something as you wanted to point out as being good, having kind of combed through it uh, the past couple of days?
0: I think one of the big things for me is Daniel Jones because there was a lot of talk going into this week is it's not only his time, his first time in the playoffs, but a lot of the other players. And, you know, how important is playoff experience mm. in order to help the team win? And, you know, I, I think experience only goes so far, and every time you're in the playoffs, there's a different scenario. So, you know, if you're an 18-0 and Patriots, the experience that you have in the playoffs is very different than, you know, what you're going to have the following year or whatever. So I think the fact that Jones, you know, one of my big concerns with him, and we've seen him do this in some games, is he's almost like a little – hyper and too excited when he gets out there and he makes mistakes. You can tell he's a little bit in his head. He's a little rattled by the noise. And the fact that he was able to be so calm, cool, collected, he would have never known that it was his first playoff game and the history that he's dealt with the last couple of years. So I just give him a lot of credit for being able to stay calm throughout the whole thing and just really, really, be zoned in and be accurate and make really good decisions. And that's, you know, again, one of the things that a lot of us have been worried about him and the fact that he could do it on such a big stage in a loud stadium away from home in a dome, you know, all of those things really contribute to it. And the fact that he could stay calm and have the performance that he had was really impressive to me. And the other thing I have to say, that was good, which might not seem like it was that big of a deal is special teams. We have lost quite a few games this year because of the mistakes that special teams have made. And on Sunday, there were no blocked punts. There were no dropped punts. There were no (laughs) fumbles on returns. There were no giving up 60 yard returns. So, you know, sometimes I I don't give special teams enough credit, and sometimes I honestly feel like they don't deserve it, but after this week, I have to give it to them because they definitely, you know, Jamie Galen did a really good job of helping us out with field position, and I just feel like overall they did a good job, and it went under-noticed and under-appreciated, and Graham Ganell, of course, was just the perfection honestly. that he always is.
2: Yeah, yeah, right, right. Absolutely.
0: You know, it's it's, it's it's funny you mentioned um,
4: special teams, you know, and in the playoffs more than any other place that I can recall, special teams tend to be the deciding factor in um, winning and losing. I mean, these are not layup games here. So each one of these teams that are in this single elimination tournament, as Mike Tomlin always says, um, are very, very skilled players. Um, for me – I think the good, honestly, would have to be your your receiver, Isaiah Hodgins. Um, This is Mm -hmm. a guy, like you alluded to, Adriana, uh, when when you were speaking previously, this is the guy who literally came out of nowhere. You know, you were scratching and searching and, you know, spending big money in free agency trying to bring in Kenny Galladay and the New York Giants are linked to every big name wide receiver known to man. You were flirting with Odell Beckham um this year yeah. trying to bring him back. Uh you mentioned D Hop, you know, as as a possible uh candidate to, to to come there. But there there are so many different names out there and you've got literally Darius Slayton who um has underperformed um in his time there. Some say due to injury, some say due to play calling. Um, it is what it is. But Isaiah Hodgins for me um, what well, has to be the guy that I would say was really, really good. He made timely catch after timely catch, and it seems like the majority of his catches were in those waiting moments on third down when you needed to get it, when you needed to have it. Um, Isaiah Hodges just seemed to be in the right place at the right time, showed his numbers, and Daniel Jones put the ball on the money. Yeah,
3: absolutely. One more thing I want to mm-hmm. add to that. Daniel Jones played a perfect game, like his most perfect game. He did not make a mistake at all with the football. Every decision he made, running the ball, throwing the ball, um, you know, everything he did was perfect. But a guy that took over this football game was Dexter Lawrence. He is one of the top Mm -hmm. three defensive tackles in this league, and he showed it. Six quarterback pressures. And in the fourth quarter, outside of that, "Quote unquote," roughing the passer call. He was unstoppable. He had guards on there on skates flying in the backfield at the court. He was unstoppable, and he he. I mean, you know, it, it kind of hurt not having Aziz out there, and and Thibodeau, They did a good job of really kind of you know taking him out of the game, but he he played pretty well as, as also. But Dexter just took over that game, and they couldn't they couldn't handle him. They couldn't stop him, and he was a big reason why that defense really clamped down in the second half.
4: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Call the number is 929 we got another chef in the building. Mr. Harvey, how are we doing this evening, man? Welcome to the free-for-all. Man, what's going on? Hey,
2: man, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm excited for our Bay Area Giants. Listen, uh, is a good uh, weekend of, of football for the most part. Um, except for the story of the man named Brady that might have come to a conclusion (laughs) last night. Um, And then San Francisco, uh, you know, obviously got tested early, and then they were kind of able to pull away at the end. But, listen, we had a lot of of good football games this weekend. I thought I would go ahead and weigh in on this Giants game if you guys want uh, as we move on. But, um, I mean, uh, thank you guys for having
4: me, 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 me. Yeah, thank you. Let me do this. Let me do this. So I'm kind of compartmentalizing um, this New York Giants game. Um, You you, you know how I do my finger food. So I want to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. All all of us here have talked about the good that you've seen um, in the New York Giants game. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to weigh in on something that you saw good or something that kind of stood out to you positively as you looked at this Giants versus Minnesota Viking game.
2: So you guys made the statement, and, and I do um, want to slightly uh, – I, I agree with uh, Adriana, but I want to slightly disagree with her in some sense, too, in that, yes, every playoff experience is different, whether you're, no, you're an 18-0 no Patriots or you're just getting in as a wild card or whatever. Every playoff experience is different. But I will say I feel like the fact of, like, crowd even being more amped uh, but the fact the speed of the game is a little bit different in the playoffs and so even if you're stepping into a even if you're stepping into a different playoff environment you're at least going to be at least a little bit more conscious of of the speed of the game and how things kind of hit a little bit different in the postseason because uh, you know, as as they used to say when we were kids, you're playing for keeps. Then, right? Like, <laughs> there's no uh, there's no do overs or a chance to make it up next week. Um, but but that being said, the good was Daniel Jones, like to me, and and the Giants' defensive line really being able to uh, put pressure. I said going in, and I was kind of close. I was like, if this game stays close to that total, is either under or really close to it, the Giants have a shot. If they get into a slugfest, they're in trouble the The Giants did not get away from their game plan uh they uh they were able to apply pass rush they were able to disrupt the Vikings enough to uh not allow them to really really get comfortable um as you said, Waymar had a really good plan, but Daniel Jones really played well and i and I think this goes back to what we talked about last week. About how Dable really challenged him, even in the preseason, right? For conditions like this, not only in the regular season, but for conditions like postseason adversity, uh, in some ways, you got to feel like he's got a different level of confidence now, knowing the kinds of things that his coach put him through um, in order to get ready. So tremendous growth. Uh, I, I saw. I was already thinking this, but I saw enough. Uh, to confirm to me that there's no way the Giants don't run it back with this guy at least one more year, maybe a couple of years to make sure what you got here. Um, so I was really impressed with with him. I was impressed with Hodges, as you talked about earlier, uh, the fact that, like you said, he showed his numbers, and Daniel, Danny Dimes dropped a die uh, multiple times. Uh, <laughs> the, he, like, he played like Danny Dimes this past weekend, right? Like, this is probably the best game that I've seen him play. Uh, He's throwing the ball with his arm. So I was impressed with with the way he threw the ball. I was impressed with his poise on the road, hostile environment. I was impressed with Hodges. And when you get a legit number one in there uh, and, you know, this guy that you plucked off the streets in November uh, made an impact for you. And then, like you said, that defensive line and just that defense as a whole. And, you know, it's funny. I, I said the Vikings a lot of times last week when I made picks, but as it got closer and closer to game time, I was like, man, if you look at Minnesota, they got so many one-possession games. And if it comes down to a one-possession game, I just have more faith in the Giants coaching staff. And there you go. That's what happened. But I thought they kept their poise. I thought special teams stepped up. Uh, they did what they needed to do. And, uh, you know, big ups for winning the playoff game on the road. And you Yeah, I hustling.
3: Serious. I have no, to. No, I have no. to let Adriana know. Um, so I, I, you know, they call me the villain, right? And you know, I I, I tend to be a little angry, upset, and stuff like that. And throughout the, the last couple years, watching from the first year when we were calling him Danny Dimes, and, and then you know just how he kind of started to fall off a cliff, and and I, I, I revoked that nickname. I said I would never call him that. He's <laughs> Danny Bitcoin or something like that you you don't you know <laughs> no no currency here right i have officially reinstated the danny dimes moniker he has earned it he's earned every bit of it he's going to get every dime that is he he deserves in my opinion <laughs> yeah i
0: think know he's, he's going to get it too
3: yeah <laughs> he's the thing. He's the thing. I, I'm
4: gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm take a wait and see your approach with this one. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, um, he has looked decent for spurts this year. And again, Adriana she she alluded to it when, when she was talking the most controversial topic in New York Giants uh, circles this year and the past couple years. Um, he played well on the road versus a defense that might gonna run through. Um and so I wanna see what he does versus a team that knows him versus a team that he's four and eleven against that has beat them twice um this year in the Philadelphia Eagles. But again, we'll talk about that later on in the week. Um I wanted to come back to the team of the game and give you guys opportunity to weigh on the bad um aspect of things, something that could be improved as, as you guys press on uh, in the playoffs something that you kind of was like, I don't wanna see that. I wish that one I wish this person would do this. Um, and I'm actually gonna lay it right back in your lap, Adriana, uh, something that you kinda didn't like, uh that you kinda wanna see worked on, um, as you got prepared for this weekend's game.
0: Um, getting to the quarterback, you know, I and I know that they did, they had a good amount of quarterback pressures, but I felt like If there is anyone, if there's any quarterback in the NFL that can be sacked, it's Kirk Cousins. He's not mobile. You know, we don't have to worry about him like we have to worry about Jalen Hurts, which, you know, if Aziz is not back, that definitely concerns me. But I just felt like with those front four, I really expected them to have a minimum of two sacks. And I was disappointed that I felt like they didn't get enough they didn't get as much pressure on him as I hope they would. And now that makes me even more concerned for Saturday because if Aziz is not back. tavon can only do so much and he gets absolutely mauled every single play and he never gets yes. flagged. So he needs some help on the other side and Leo and Dexter are incredible and they do the best that they can. But we need, we need a whole front four, you know. We can't just rely on the two of them. If Tavon's getting held and Jihad Ward has to step in for Aziz. Ward is good, but Aziz is a much better impact player when he's on the field. You know it, you see it, and you feel it. And I'm very concerned that, you know, we are not going to get to the quarterback. And I just think you need some sacks, especially – as we get further into the playoffs.
4: You know, it, it's funny you mentioned sacks, because the thing, the thing that I noticed a lot about that particular game was that even though you wasn't bringing Kirk Cousins to the ground, you know, to tie to the quote-unquote sacks, he was feeling pressure. If, if you looked at especially yeah. mm-hmm. on, on 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 that last drive, he was throwing the ball hot, yeah. he was throwing the ball early. As a matter of fact, if you look at, if you listen to how he, Kurt Cousins was talking about that last play where he threw the ball short of the sticks, and you guys were all in the tackle, again, it was it, it, it was the pressure that made him throw hot, made him throw early. So a, a lot of people, again, my thoughts that, again, as a Philly fan, you know, sack you, if you will. Um, I, I, I mm-hmm. we, we love the sacks, but honestly still as though um, you guys did what was necessary. But, again, I, I can see your point. Villain, I- I'm going to come to you. Um, when we start talking about the bad that 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 you've seen um, watching this game on Sunday and how uh, you want some things to be worked out in the film room and on the practice field as you prepare to go up to the links this weekend, give me something that you're thinking
3: about. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to – you know, angle my bad towards the Vikings, but, you know, there's lament on what they they didn't accomplish. I think the one thing that still kind of concerns me, and I, I know it'll get sorted out eventually, but um, it has to be uh, the right side of the line, and particularly Evan Neal. I love the kid. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be a really good tackle in this league. Um, he's a He's a, really, he's a plus run blocker, right? Like, he moves the pile. He, he gets to that second level off of a double team, um, you know, has good footwork. But, you know, there were times in the pass rush where um, he was kind of getting ridden back. And, you know, he's going to go up against a really good defensive line in Philadelphia. So they're going to get their sacks on him. They're going to get their pressures on him. He's got to hold up. And he's got to – he's got to – he's got to win more than he loses. I, I know he's going to lose a little bit, and we're going to get frustrated with that, but he's got to win more than he loses. And, um, you know, that that bothers me. Like, because Andrew, Andrew Thomas should be a pro Bowl. He should have been promoted as a pro bowler. Um, I know he's second-team all pro, but the fact that he didn't make the pro bowl is a joke. Um, he's one of, he rarely gives up stats. He's one of the best uh, left tackles in the league. Uh, which is crazy to say because he had the same problems Evan Neal had his first couple years. So to see the maturation of him um, is so great to see. I, and I think that right, that left side is kind of stabilized now. So yeah, I think it's the right side of the line. I think it's Neal. Um, you know, still not you know a hundred percent with Feliciano uh, at in, in the center position as well, but. At the end of the day, I think that's going to be the key, especially against a good defensive pass rush in Philadelphia.
4: You know what? I, it's funny you mentioned the, the offensive line um, because that that that's actually kind of leading to you know my, my next category. But for 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 the sake of giving everybody an opportunity, Mister Harvey, um, something that you kind of looked at um, at this. Um, Giants game this weekend and kind of was like, you know what, they need to get that fixed or there's going to be an issue for Philadelphia. Let me know your thoughts on the ugly that you
2: saw. Well, I agree with what you said, uh, Sirius, earlier about you don't always see it reflected in the numbers, but I know that pass rush stood up really well. Uh, That's going to be important again this week, obviously. Um, I, I same thing with the line, but I think to me, it's just uh, you know, can this team continue to contain? Yeah, my bad was going to be with the Minnesota Vikings, too. I was just going to reinforce the fact that Kirk Cousins is not that guy because uh, he's yeah. really not. Uh, like, listen, he's a uh, he this year, they were saved with a lot of one possession games. Um you have that guy back at quarterback next year which they will if they don't have that many one possession games. I mean they, they could very easily be eight and nine or seven and ten uh next year because you're you're not going to end up on the good side of that many one possession games. Ever. It's never happened before, right? So uh but Kirk Cousins is not that guy. And then, um, as far as I I agree with um with, with the last comment and, th- and that's just can that offensive line continue to produce consistently uh, because this is a different level uh, defense that you're about to face. And then the other thing that I would say is uh, the secondary is even better too and more opportunistic and can jump routes and that kind of stuff. So um, can you, uh, you know, can you continue, you know, Isaiah Hodges, to flash your numbers? Can we continue to get to get some people up and downfield for Danny to, to drop dimes too? Otherwise, uh, you know, so that, those are the things that I think has to get, you, you know, just this offensive game plan has to be earned out for this specific defense because it's, you know, this is uh, you're, you're moving up to the big leagues. This Philadelphia defense is much more difficult of a matchup than than the Vikings.
4: I tell you, I'll tell you, and you know again t- time will tell you know we we'll we we'll, we'll, we'll talk about game picks and things of that nature uh possibly on tomorrow's uh show with 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 Dylan and t p um villain I, I i I'm gonna flip it back to you man, something that you don't wanna see repeated, you know the last category was something that can be worked on um this ugly category, man, take it out the playbook. Don't let me see that personnel on the field. Um, You do this and you're getting a pink slip. Uh, Give me something that was just flat out ugly that you don't want to think.
3: I I was going to, you know, I'll probably bring up two things. One is the jet sweep. I think the jet sweep on third and short, I, while you know Burita had a nice run, um, it's pretty much it's it's it, it's scripted. It's tele, it's like telegraph for them now, so they know it's coming. And the Vikings defended it well. They just don't tackle. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was dead to right. So I, I would throw that play that play out of the playbook. I, I think I saw the Eagles um, snuff that out in in Philly the last game of the season a couple of times. So I would take that out. But the drops, man. Darius Slayton, we need you. We need you. And I love that Dable pulled him aside and kind of built him up. You know, don't tear him down. That's the sign of a great coach. Know who you can t- build up and tear down, right? Um, he needed to build him up. Because he only had four catches for 88 yards, right, only, right? But every one of those catches were huge. Um, and if he catches that last one, the game is essentially over. But we need him, right, because we don't have a lot of receivers to Adriano's point. We, we, we only got Hodgins and Slayton and Ricky James. I mean, you know, there was a sighting of, of Gallaudet, but he's only on the field for four plays and really is a blocker. So, you know, every possession counts, every play counts, and every catch counts. We need that from him. So, um, you know, I, I hope he, I, I'm hope i sure he'll bounce back from it. And But like Adrian says, he he he's good for a good play. And then drops you know I've, I've seen the drops in, in the washington game last year we had a touch easy touchdown bomb in, in dropped he, so he dropped a couple this year too and you kind of live with that but we need you we need you to we need we need your 100 percent no drops you know no drops baby
4: <laughs> yeah i tell you adriana I, i'm gonna put this back to you ma'am you know um Wave the magic wand, put on your GM hat, put on your Brian Dable jacket. If you see this coming up um, this weekend, you're not going to have a good day. Give me something ugly that you saw on film um, that you want to see taking out of the Giants playbook, the Giants
0: game plan going forward. Ever the defense – the only thing the defense needs to put in their playbook is stopping Boston Scott. He is like every time we play him, he looks like Christian McCaffrey on steroids. (laughs) Every single time. (laughs) He doesn't look like that when they play other teams. Every time he plays the Giants, I'm, I'm not kidding. I was looking at DraftKings earlier today, and I'm like, I think I'm going to bet on Boston Scott scoring a touchdown against the Giants because if anyone yeah. is going to score a touchdown, it's going to be him. And I don't know why. <laughs> they, they've they been able to slow down guys like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. They did it both times. They played Minnesota. I don't know what they have to do, but they have to slow him down because it's going to drive me absolutely insane if he just runs all over <laughs> us.
2: <laughs> I'm going to jump the window.
0: <laughs> I can't deal with it anymore. She, she, she's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> my, yeah, my wife,
4: my, my, my wife's an Eagles fan, and she 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 loves Brian Scott when when you guys play each other because she knows oh. uh, that brother's getting that, that, that brother's getting in the box. <laughs> getting in the end zone one way or another. Yep. Um, I don't know how they scheme it up, but, yeah, I, I feel you. Mr. Harvey, I'm, I'm going to come over to you, man. Um, so, so, something that you hated, um, looking at that Giants game, that you, if you were the GM, if you were the head coach, um, if you were also the defensive coordinator, you had to take that out your playbook uh, going, going forward uh, in order for you to be successful against a division opponent this week. What were you thinking,
2: man? You just can't... Uh, I mean, they, they pretty much just hit it. You can't drop passes. Um, and and I hate the jet sweep, especially on certain plays. I mean, it, it's nice in, in certain systems, but, uh, listen, Matt Canada overused it at LSU, and he was only there for a year, and I wasn't sad to see him go. Uh, and I'm surprised he still got a job in Pittsburgh, so... Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, no drop passes. And, you know, the other thing is, um, the other thing is just, you know, that, that's, that's my biggest thing. I didn't really see, I didn't really see a ton from the Giants this past week And I'm like, Oh, don't do that again. Uh, I thought they really, you know, basically kept, kept the wheel steady the whole time.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I feel you, I mean, again, it, 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 it's very difficult to, to nitpick and kind of shake your finger at something that turned out to be a quote-unquote non-factor uh, when you go on the road and get your first playoff win in some time. But for me, um, I want them to be consistent, um, giving Saquon Barkley the football via the run. Um, yeah. okay. again, if you look at, if, if, if you look at his, you know, he had nine carries for 53 and he had five receptions for 56. So yeah, he got over a hundred yards of scrimmage offense, but it seems like for me, based off of how the game played out, that they abandoned the run, um, you know, all together. Like, Daniel Jones scrambled and did some things off script. And, again, you have to account for that um, if you're a defense. But you got Saquon back there. Um, get that man the rock and don't be too quick there. I had Daniel Jones drop back 35 times uh, and, and throw the rock. Because, once again, he played well. He played well. But we all sitting here – know the flip side of that and when you put daniel jones in harm's way like he was more often than not um he has not came through and done well um again he did well this past week you know they they they, they committed to him i believe um for for next year and you know we could talk about it all off season whether he gets the bag or if he turns his name from danny danny down to danny dollars or what whatever lingo you want to throw out there. But at the end of the day, I, I think Brian Dable really needs to lean on Matt Breida, he needs to lean on Saquon Barkley, needs to lean on his, his running game and making sure that he shortens this game. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, games are not won and loss on paper, but if you look at the Philadelphia Eagles roster, they got some dogs over there. You know what I'm saying? They want to pop. You know they they, they want to go up top, and, and and they got the weapons to do it. And and one of the areas in which the New York Giants, in my opinion, have, has struggled in, has not been their front seven, but has been their secondary. And you've got AJ Brown over there. You've got Devontae Smith over there. You've got you know some some burners over there that are rested and want a and that want to prove a point, shorten the game up running that block, four, four yards, uh, four and a half yards a pop is, is not a bad day at the office. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what I would really want the New York Giants to, to really commit to um, as, as they press on to Philadelphia. Um, but, again, it, 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 it's going to be an interesting ball game. These divisional opponents, when you see each other three times, it's hard to beat a team three times in a row in a season. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, Adriana, I, I wanted to definitely thank you for coming on. You're more than welcome to stay on and talk with us. We're going to popcorn these other games, but I definitely want to be the of your time. Um, let me know what you want to
0: do. I got to get back to some DMs. So, um, um, I'm going to call it a night, but I appreciate you guys having me. And it's always great to talk Giants with other Giants fans and other non-Giants fans. I'd love to hear what people have to say. So thank you so much for letting me come on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Give Glad us a quick plug. and then uh, Yeah, give us a quick plug of, of all your socials and your shows, dates, times, whatever, what have you.
0: Okay, awesome. Thank you. So I'm on Instagram and TikTok at New York Giants Fangirl, and then my podcast is called Everything New York Giants, and you can find it on Apple and Spotify. Awesome.
2: I
4: love Thank I listened so to it. Much, to it. It's good, so. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. What and- do you say, say she Sarah's got something
1: what? smart to say? You No, no, That's what I was cool. gonna say I,
4: I jumped on her TikTok today, man. The chick is funny. I I i, I give rid of that. I I I I was I was <laughs> in my office I, I, and, I, and I and I got a laugh or two. You know, so I you know what? I wasn't I wasn't gonna say something slick, but I, I can't, you know, what I'm trying I'm, try, I'm trying to be good at two thousand twenty three, man. I'm trying to be good. You know what I'm saying? The good Lord. Yeah, is I'm trying <laughs> I I I am trying to be I am trying to be good to the crazy giant folk, you know what I'm saying? But again, I as, Adrian, as you gotta understand my my issue. I work with this dude villain too much and I swear to goodness he wants he makes me wanna kick puppies in the traffic. So with that, oh being, God.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> with that being said, Adriana, thank you so much. Do not be a stranger. Anytime you want to come kick it with us, ma'am, we would love to have you,
1: ma'am.
0: You got it. I will definitely, well, hopefully the Giants win on, Sunday, on Saturday, and I can come back next week and have something good to say.
2: That sounds good to me. You know what,
1: <laughs>
3: Even if they, even if they lose, I, 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 I give
0: I, I give villain
4: like a five to ten minute shot clock, and he just rant. So if you guys want to put put a rant together and, and just rant about what the heck just took place, you know what? It, it'll be music to my ears because I will be laughing. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sure you will certainly
2: enjoy it. Awesome! Thank you so much All for right coming. Have a great
4: rest of your night. All
0: Thanks right, for joining thank us. You. Nice to you meet guys you
4: guys too. Enjoy. Nice to meet you too. All right, and this, and right and there she goes, "Man, uh, great guest, uh great talking with her. Um and uh, it's it's fun, man. It's, it's fun, man. Uh but we do got it, about, about a half hour left, uh gentlemen, I definitely wanted to talk about the rest of the games that took place on Sunday and I I have to start right there. In Jacksonville, Florida, where the um, the epic collapse took place, um, I, I, I can really talk about San Fran and, and Seattle, but nobody really blinked an eye at that one. Um, but I've really got to talk about this San, this uh, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the L.A. Chargers thing. Uh, for, for me, gentlemen, and again, he, he, here's my thinking about it. Um, I have never seen a more charger thing than what i saw this past weekend i have never seen nice. anything I, I have never seen a more a more la charger san diego charger thing than what i just saw um i wanted to give you both some time to talk about it i know um uh, mr harvey and, and tt spoke about it a little bit on sunday um, but, Dylan, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about it, man. What was your mind as you was watching this game unfold?
3: So, I mean, I was kind of half paying attention because I was dealing with personal matters um, at that time. Um, but I just was in shock at what was going on. I mean, four interceptions in the first half, you thought Trevor Lawrence was too, the moment was too big from kind of like what you alluded to. um, And give, Doug Peterson a lot of credit for settling his quarterback down and getting that offense to getting that ship righted. Um, but it was a charger way. It's the charger way just to blow it. How do you not run the ball with Austin Eckler at all in the second half? Why are you afraid to lose the game and you just keep throwing the ball? I know you got Justin Herbert. I know you got Keenan Allen. You keep throwing the ball, but Run the ball, man. It offense is so much harder to defend when you, they think you're going to run the ball, um, and they didn't do it. And they just played into their hands. They played into the Jacksonville Jaguars' hands. They give them credit. They got stops. I think they only got a field goal in the second half, and that offense came to life. But I mean, it was a charger. It, it was more like it was a charger choke. Seventeen point. Um, you know, comeback. It was a, it was a Chargers choke then a, a Jacksonville Jaguars comeback.
4: Well, it, it's funny you mention a Chargers choke as a size of comeback because, because for me, and again, Mr. I, I'll come to you in a second. I think, honestly, the Jacksonville Jaguars went and took that thing. Because if you look at how the game started, obviously the, the interceptions, Trevor Lawrence, through the the, the fact that the Chargers was just rolling. Um, if you look at how that game unfolded, they had to make defensive stops. They they were they they were jamming receivers off the line of scrimmage. Uh, they were getting the necessary stops on third downs. Um, they were. Um, moving the football down the field. They were strategically risky um, at certain moments of that ball game. Um, ETN ran the ball for 109 yards on 20 carries. They stayed true to whatever game plan that they had. They didn't abandon the run. Like, when you're down 27-0, you know, all signs look to just, you know, either get off the sticks or, or fight. I mean, we all play Madden here, like twenty-one nothing Stunkel. Get off the sticks. But Dougie Peterson and, and 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 that team fought, and they fought, and it wasn't pretty. But they fought, and I, I, and the thing is, I think more so than the L.A. Chargers losing it, because again, we we could spend ninety minutes talking about the L.A. Chargers, um, and, and, and their issues and and the fact that you know, what, you know, Mike Williams wasn't in because he got hurt. Uh, They abandoned the run. They only ran the ball 23 times for 67 yards in totality. Um But at the end of the day, I, I think this was a little bit more about the Jacksonville Jaguars and a young team that we all sat here on this very network preseason and said, this team's going to do something. <laughs> this team's going to be something. They got some pieces. You know, we all, I, I can't say we all, but I laughed from a healthy place when they went out and offered, you know, Christian Kirk that big money. He came up big for him in this particular game. I, I laughed from a healthy place when they went and signed, you know, from a New York Giant, you know, Evan Ingram. This dude had seven for 93 and, and, and a touchdown and, and a big catch at a critical moment of that ball game. Um, So. Again, it may it may be a little bit a fortunate, you know, circumstance that they played a team that has routinely choked away Biggie, But this this Jacksonville Jaguar team, I was more impressed with them, uh than I was the the LA Chargers losing it. Uh, Mr. Harvey, I I I'ma come over to you, sir. Um this this L A Chargers versus um Jacksonville Jaguar game, man. Give me your perspective on it.
2: So, I said this on Sunday, and I'll say it to you again. Uh, For those that didn't hear, the thing that that really got me, I look at the quarterbacks. Uh, Obviously, we all kind of start there. But when you look and you see that Trevor Lawrence was – Four for 16 with four picks. So, uh, just simple terms here. In his first 16 pass attempts, he completed as many passes to the Chargers as he did to his own team. Um, And this is, I mean, yeah, they're at home, whatever, but playoff game, first time in that type of environment, young quarterback. How many times have we seen, like, I, listen? I can go back to Scott Mitchell in the nineties with the Lions, and I can fast forward and, and think of like situations where the quarterback just had a miserable early performance in the game, and the team just never came back. It's kind of like you just talked about—you get off the stick. so you you almost – you're just kind of playing out the string from there, right? This team's down 27 to nothing, 27 nothing, And then the guy bounces back and goes, like, 23 for his next 28, which is better than 75% for four touchdowns. So then he still ends up throwing as many touchdowns as he threw interceptions earlier in the game. And, I mean, quite honestly – Um, showed us why he was maybe the highest pick, uh, the highest quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck coming out of the draft, right? Um, So we saw that. We talked about this going into the year, that, okay, this is going to be good for him because he's actually going to have some real coaching. He had a coach that had been there before, and I don't think it hurts that Doug Peterson's been a quarterback, okay, maybe a backup most of the time, but he's been a quarterback. And so uh, you can really kind of get down into to what this team is doing. But just the resiliency of this Jaguars team, um, you know, I could go on and on and on and talk about the Chargers and how I could give you Exhibit A through Z and then maybe AA through double Z if you really want me to um, as far as how – Brandon Stanley is not that guy for this franchise and how this team uh, with all of its coaching, I mean, with all of its talent just continues to woefully underperform and I think some of that's laid at the feet of coaching but I mean let's be honest Justin Herbert goes to Oregon, maybe they can contend for a championship, not so Um, he really hasn't as highly touted as he was you know, we haven't seen him on on huge stages, right? Like, um, I remember my, his last year in college, played a pretty good game against Oregon, but got beat by uh, – I mean, against Auburn, but got beat by Bo Nix throwing a last-second touchdown in his first ever college game. So uh, he hasn't really been on those big stages. Um, Trevor Lawrence, despite such a terrible start, showed you again why he's been on those big stages repeatedly uh, with the way that he bounced back. And the funny thing is uh, I saw something this week that kind of uh, surprised me, but even going back to his middle school days and obviously from his college years and whatever else, Trevor Lawrence has still never lost a game on a Saturday. Now he's also on a Monday to LSU and he's also on a Sunday on Sundays, but he's never lost a game on a Saturday. But, uh, you know, to me, the one thing that I will remember about this game, not only the the, the big collapse by the Chargers, but to me this it was Trevor Lawrence's coming out party and his way of, like, putting the league and Anybody on notice that heard his name before, like, listen, y'all can say my name too because uh, I'm going to show you guys that, that I have the talent to be in that kind of company. Right, right. All
4: right. Yeah. I mean, for for me, honestly, man. I mean, you 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 posed a, a general a uh, good point uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Um, again, I, I want to see how he responds. You know, the 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 saying that we all say is, you know, you got a perfect plan until you get punched in the mouth, and how how you respond. And you know, the the Jaguars answered the the standing eight count, if you will and now they go on the road in a hostile environment versus a team that is, is, is not to be played with in, in, in the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, one more thing I wanted to get to before we got out of here this evening is a, is the a game that took place yesterday. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys go into Tampa, Florida, and, and hand the Buccaneers a 31-14 to 14 loss. Um, and to be honest with you, the, the game, in my opinion, Score wise, really wasn't indicative on how bad the Dallas Cowboys beat up the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Mr. Harvey, I- I'll come right back to you, sir. Um, you know, talk to me about how you how, how that game kind of unfolded unfolded um, from from your point of view, and then what will we'll go from there. And go ahead and give us a plug and a closeout as we get
1: done.
2: Yeah, man, the head honcho T.P. always likes to say there's a story of a man named Brady who went 7-0 against America's team, but after one Monday night in South Florida, they will continue to haunt his dreams. Listen, it was not a good day for Tampa. We saw um, We saw a little bit of that Brady magic with Mike Evans and Chris Goblin a couple of weeks ago when they beat Carolina and won the division. But the shortcomings of this team, the reasons that caused them to be in that 8-9 and nine position, uh, there's many of them, but every one of them found a way to rear their ugly head yesterday. Um, And listen, for all the flack that we've given Dak Prescott this year, because let's be quite honest, Dak Prescott has not had a good season. His interception totals have been higher, and I know he had some injuries at the beginning of it, but this has not been a very good season for Dak Prescott. And he – but he showed up uh, with with the – on the road in a playoff game, in the brightest of lights, he showed up, played well. That whole team played well on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, listen, they're going to be they're going to be a test for San Francisco this weekend. But you know, the Brady's Brady's older. We saw the age, but quite honestly, that line was unhealthy. Tampa didn't have a great offensive line. They couldn't stop people on defense. There was a lot of injuries on that Tampa team. Um, and I understand it's next man up and all that. We hear that all the time in football. But Tampa just wasn't uh healthy, they weren't right. They kinda um went all in a couple of years ago, got a super bowl, uh had a chance again last year, but that window has slammed shut in Tampa. Uh you know, they may be able to depending on who they have under center and what they do next year, they may be able to continue this division again. But that championship window has slammed shut without some major changes in Tampa. Um, so the, uh, the song about a story about a man named Brady, uh, at least as far as his Tampa career, probably has turned into a swan song for him. So uh, good riddance. Uh, see you later. Uh, we'll, the The interesting thing will be now, does he try to run it back another year with somebody or is he going to take his place on Fox and be uh Tony Romo's opposite, right? Like, will it be to Fox what Tony Romo is to, to CBS? Time will tell. Yeah, and I think okay. we'll find out in the next uh, month or two. Uh, but as far as plugs and closeouts, man, uh, barbershop on clubhouse, man, 15,000 strong, got a basketball room open right now. Um, still watch alongs during the, uh, playoff games, but there's always rooms open even during the day. So come on, and check us out. Got a, uh, new mod that's been pretty relevant in there uh, for the last week or so. So, uh, big on them. So, got that going. Also, SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the blog, website, finger all the different articles, things we got going there. Uh, Like and subscribe, man. The numbers always help us. Um, So, uh, like and subscribe. Remember, you can hear us come through your sports speakers. We got the cookout tomorrow night. Um, Gumbo at the round table. Uh, Round table gumbo on Thursday night with uh, Chandler and myself. So, we're gonna uh we're gonna serve up some spice for you guys on Thursday night and then on Sunday mornings at uh, eleven Eastern time is the time of Sunday morning brunch. And uh happen to have the uh pleasure of sort of being his sous chef. Listen, I'll carry his uh I'll carry his knives and whatever else and uh do some prep work for him. So on Sunday <laughs> morning, so come join us then, man. Much respect to T P the head honcho. Without him I wouldn't be here. Love and respect to you guys as well. You guys are fan man. And uh, I really uh, always appreciate chopping it up with you guys and spending time. Thanks again for having me, man. And listen, uh, just once I thought about, uh, like, foregoing this just to see if y'all prompt me for it. But I ain't going to do that to you, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, peace. There it is.
1: (laughs)
4: Yeah. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mister Harvey. Man, a pleasure to be uh, kicking it with you guys. Sharing that space, man. Uh, definitely, man. Get over to the clubhouse, man. I need to get back in there, man. My my work schedule has prevented me from doing that during the day, but I need to get back over there, man. So, your boy Sears is about to come back, and it's gonna be problems, guy. I got something to say. With that being said, Villain, man, uh, go ahead and talk to me about how you felt about this Cowboys. Tampa Bay game, and then give me a plug and then close out as we get out of here.
3: I don't care about um, the, the Cowboys. Um, my Giant fandom will not allow me to ruin this great show. <clears throat> the ratings are probably a monster through the roof because we talk mostly Giants. Uh, I can't talk about uh, the Cowboys. Listen, I gotta give them respect. right? They, they played a good game. They were the better team. Uh, Dak Prescott played the best playoff game in his career. Uh, Kellen Moore finally called a good game. Um, they admittedly got their butts handed to them against the commanders and they came out against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and left no doubt really kind of put their, their foot on their throat and didn't ease up. So, um, shout to them. Um, it's, it's, you know, not a Brady fan, but, you know, respect the legend. Uh, it's going to be, you know, tough to see him go. It's been tough to see him go out this way this year. Um, you know, you don't want to see, he had a struggle year do the most uh, incompletions in a playoff game, Um, you know, just really his first losing season in in quite some time. Um, It's just just a struggle, right? It's been a struggle. You don't want to see people go out with that. But um, I hope he does retire. Um, You know, he deserves it. He's a a phenomenal – he's the greatest quarterback. He really is. So, um, yeah, shout-out to them. Dallas is moving on. Got a tough game against the 49ers. So, hey we we'll, we going to see if you if if you really them boys against the uh the 49ers cuz 49ers will punch you in the mouth at Seattle. They 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 handle adversity. They they are a really really tough team to to handle on offense and their defense is really legit. So, um it's not going to be easy for them. Um listen, all the other games Buffalo got out of there uh with a win. Buffalo in my opinion um I think they are a good matchup with with Cincinnati, especially with Cincinnati missing three offensive linemen. So we're going to see how that works out. But Buffalo, listen, they <laughs> the Dolphins would not go away. Their Dolphins were feisty, and they would not go away. And 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 I I called into the to the to the timeless brunch, and I and I didn't think the the Ravens would give the Bengals much of a game. But shout out to the Ravens without their star quarterback, giving them a heck of a game. Uh, really had a good game plan, really were physical with them. The defensive line really stepped up and really got after Burrow. Burrow had to get rid of the ball less than three seconds. So, um, you know, it was a really good game plan. They just didn't have enough. That big fumble at the uh, goal line really, spe- <clears throat> really spelled their doom. So, listen, um, it's, a, it's been a fun series. Always great job. Uh, great doing a show with you. you. You hold this show down uh, immensely. Um, you know, shout out to PHI Apparel, still sponsoring us. Uh, get to their website. Use the promo code CHEF. Get 15% off. Thanks for Adriana for calling in. Um, hope to do, work out some more stuff and do some stuff with her um, and, and, and have more, more guest hosts like that. You know, we, we love to, to let people come in the kitchen and cook with us. So, listen, um, serious. you know what to do, man. It's, it's a pleasure doing a show with you, bro.
4: Yes, sir, man. It's your boy, series up in that 412 and the 703. My only thing that I'm going to talk about this Cowboys uh, game from yesterday is um, that Prescott left no doubt. You know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and make too much about it. Like, this dude balled out, and I think that was the best game I've ever seen him play. And case can be made, you know, for Daniel Jones uh, on Sunday. Like, those two guys played – outside of their flipping mind
2: mm-hmm. on the
4: road and in hostile environments. um so you you know the good books that give honor where honor is due um i wanted i'm not a tampa bay fan i'm not a tom brady fan by no stretch but at any time the cowboys lose uh, it's a good day for me yesterday was not a good day um And now I'm faced in a situation where I've got to either root for the Cowboys or the 49ers, two teams that I'm not particularly fans of. Um, But we'll see what happens, man. I'm not going to get into that. We'll we'll talk about that tomorrow um, on the Carlos Cookout, man. But again, it's your boy, Sirius, up in that 412 and the 703, man. Again, such a pleasure doing this show. Special shout out to Adriana for jumping on and rocking with us, man. Um, I, I look forward to continuing to work with her and villain uh, and, you know, the, the rest of those that, that, that make this show what it is. Uh, We've got a couple more weeks left uh, of football, and then we could probably flip this into some type of off-season, you know, saying we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk to the powers that be and see what we can do. Um, maybe a baseball show will come back and, and whatnot. Who, who knows what happens if Scott's in man. 2023 is going to be a great year. For Sports City, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. With that being said, man, tell a friend to tell a friend it's the chefs again. And a CP would always say, man, if they don't know, nah, they know, man, we out.
1: know. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City. I <laughs> think.